I'm John Ryan and this is Podrace. This week she's fresh from Piers Morgan's Life Stories and has a new BBC Sounds deal. So we check out the GC and the podcast that puts scary movies in front of new viewers. The cost of podcasts is in the news this week. Bodger and Badger did another video promoting their podcast for Spotify. Megan was Megan and Harry manspreaded. Meanwhile, their boss sat in front of MPs looking into how much the company pays actual artists on the music side of the business. Horatio Gutierrez described Archwell as Spotify's Game of Thrones. Well, Horatio, 59 days now since they last released any actual audio, and The Telegraph reports the deal cost a mean £18 million. Sounds more like Spotify's Eldorado. The Sun says it, so it must be true. BBC Sounds is crossing Gemma Collins's fleshy palm with over £100,000 for her fifth podcast series. BBC Bosses says she's worth every penny, as it's officially one of their most listened-to podcasts for under-35s. Well, this curious over-35 listened to the last edition. There's a knock-knock sound effect and a magic wand music effect before one of those stoned-sounding female voiceovers tells us we've now entered the Love Lounge with Gemma Collins. We're now over to my Love Lounge, she repeats. Hello, my lovely lovers. Welcome to my Love Lounge. The GC tells us we'll be talking about relationships versus personal expectations. Well, pause right there, Gemma. Ten seconds in, and we're not podcasting how we would speak. Clearly reviewing anything with Gemma is like shooting giant fish in the tiniest barrel in the world. But I'm not going to do that. We know podcast ratings are about as statistically sound as unicorn poo sightings. But this was a number one podcast, a Guardian pick of the week. So this used car saleswoman can clearly shift product other than previously loved Ford Focuses. But in her admittedly small handbag of podcast essentials, surely authenticity, the superpower of any audio host, should be what she trades on. We'll gloss over the fact she's referring to me in the plural, another kitten liquidised. What do you mean, relationships versus personal expectations? Well, she continues, growing up, she needed a billionaire, somebody with jewels, diamonds. What she got was something totally different, which I'm guessing her fans already know, so she's predictably playing to her crowd. As soon as the scrappy script opening runs out, we hear the first of several errs and ums and a bit of Z-grade vamping around the subject. It is so hard, I think, now managing your relationships and also your work life, and also what we want in your life with that annoying up inflection, she says. So when you find the one, they totally understand you and your wants and needs, and as long as you understand theirs, there's no reason it should go wrong. So far, so back end of Cosmopolitan Quiz. Which is where she introduces her first listener. Yes, she calls them a listener. One day I swear I'll hear a podcast or radio show that takes 30 seconds to rewrite this utter construction. And this particular podcast shtick becomes clear. It's that hardy trope of celebrity agony aunt. My favourite broadcaster, Nick Abbott, does one with Carol McGiffin. Probably the gold standard is Graham Norton with Maria McCurlane. I don't know if that's gone with him from Radio 2 to Virgin, but on a good day, that's a fantastic listen. I'm just not sure I'd want life advice from a girl famous for being famous or famous for inadvertently stepping down a large trapdoor, but I guess that's the benefit of not being target audience for this one. 
Here, the conveniently anonymous listener is based in Australia studying zoology and is wondering whether to move to London as her boyfriend is going there for uni. The correspondent, if she's real and not the result of an ideas Zoom, seems pretty self-aware. I can't just pack my bags, leave my family and friends behind. I can't leave my dreams here, she says. Do I stay or move across the world for the love of my life? Go, says Gemma, perhaps unexpectedly. You can always do zoology here. Or maybe you should book your flights to meet up with him like once a month or maybe every two months. So let me get this straight, anonymous zoologist might ask. I'm buying 12 round-the-world tickets a year for this guy on the Aussie equivalent of a student loan? It's a mad suggestion and clearly not one that's been through any kind of production discussion. But actually, listening to the off the top of the head advice and repetition going on here, it's clear any production is of the sort of car for Gemma, get a drink for Gemma and point a mic vaguely in her direction style. Your boyfriend's off on a new adventure and if you know he's the one, you need to go on that adventure with him, she suggests. She's midway through her Anna Rabin without any credentials act when a suspiciously rehearsed interruption happens. I'm in a hotel room one minute, she says, apropos of nothing. A phone rings. Lucas is with me. Lucas, can you get the phone? Muffled words off stage. Then he's in the bath, Lucas. He's going to get out the bath. Hang on, podcasters. It cuts to another stoned voiceover ident, and Gemma recaps. Sorry, guys, Lucas was in the bath. Yeah, we've established that. We're in a hotel room, but back to the dilemma. So what is that for? Is it to show it's all a bit chaotic in Gemma's life? It's phone ringing in a hotel room. Is it an excuse to shoehorn some Lucas in? Well, you can't hear what he's saying. There's no wet friend reveal. It's not funny or interesting. It's just, well, a bit desperate. It's an edit waiting to happen. So why let us hear the run-up? Bizarre. And Gemma calls us podcasters. I mean, actually, given how any chancer with a laptop now has a million-pound deal with Spotify, we could be. But even that sounds like a line that needed another take. Gemma continues to offer advice. She talks about friends from Spain who moved to the UK but only stayed for a couple of weeks as it wasn't for them. Despite the um, uh, COVID moment in this and indeed other references, it's the only time this feels honest and properly observed by the talent. She talks about one of her Spanish friends had never seen a squirrel and was fascinated by them so much she went to the park to feed them every day. A big decision. Sleep on it. Your friends and family will understand, suggests Gem to our Aussie friend. I've had more detailed advice from a fortune cookie. So, I have an Amazon Prime rental of Alien stacked up on my box and ready to watch. I've not seen it in years. Lockdown. Uh, so I was looking around for context. Yes, I'm that nerd. And I found a neat podcast idea and hoped beyond hope it would be brilliant and not make all the mistakes that podcast ideas usually make. The fact it's appearing on Podroast should give you an idea of how that worked out. The Scaredy Cats Horror Show is a podcast about scary movies for people who are too scared to ever watch them. In it, horror fan Alex Goldman screens something scary for PJ Vote. The idea is to see if you can become a person who enjoys fear. Now, despite being of the view the world never needs another opportunity for guys in unwashed sweatshirts to discuss film again, I like this setup, and as I say, I had Alien ready to go on my Amazon Cube. So hey, 
It starts with Alex talking way too quickly, calling me everybody, and says we're heading over to 1979's Alien and introducing his guests. There's a clever theme mashing up horror movie staples, and we're in. Another welcome. Then the first problem. Clearly unscripted, not always a bad thing, but again, some arms, hesitation, I'd have redone or edited, like the host is finding the words. Then they set out the rules. The films need to be watched in the dark at night time alone. No stopping and starting. Calling friends on FaceTime, opening the curtains, checking Twitter, all not allowed. No double screening or unnecessary bathroom breaks. Second issue, an early reveal. PJ wasn't that scared by Alien, and he enjoyed it. That's the first thing he tells us. Well, we need some build-up, the vicarious thrill of watching the movie again from an Alien virgin's point of view. And to come to that position, not for it to be the headline. To stretch a metaphor, it would be like saying, here's our review of Alien, where the alien bursts out of John Hurt's sternum. I'm not invested enough in PJ's journey to care what he thinks just yet. And to follow on, issue three, you've set up your anthology podcast like a sequential podcast. You're expecting people to come in for episode one, stay for episode two, listen to episode three, and so on, Netflix style. Gathering the personality, the catchphrases, and the shorthand of your style as they go. That's fine if you're Sarah Koenig and the whole thing's set up as a, forgive the pun, serial endeavour. But I'm interested in your episode about Alien. That's the film on my box. I'm about to watch it. The long tail of the internet means I found your insight about that movie. And that's what I want to hear. Issue four. Danny Pudi is an actor from Community and is their guest this week. He jumps straight in and starts telling us what he thinks about Alien. Well, the setup of this podcast is PJ's view of scary movies. I love that there is a third voice but he shouldn't be in a 44-minute pod at four minutes. Lead with your central concept, PJ. Then you can elaborate once that's established. You only start talking about the movie itself at 4.48. Alex isn't a bad movie presenter, in fact. He talks about body horror in a very geeky way with good references like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, David Cronenberg, etc. He summarises the movie well in case you hadn't ever seen it. There's even the odd clip of the movie, which is good. I'm still amazed how many movie podcasts never use any illustration from the medium they're talking about. There's some natural S-ing and effing going on, which I like. The conversation's fairly easy. They don't talk over each other. In fact, the difficult bit, they get right. It loses its way occasionally. I'm desperate to stick it in Pro Tools and cut the hell out of it. There's a good 30 minutes in this 44-minute episode. Later, Carmen pops up, and nice to hear a woman in a genre podcast. But they spend 10 minutes setting up the next episode, where PJ is going to watch Hereditary and Midsummer. On the one hand, I like the way they go back to the concept, scaring PJ, but as someone who's landed in their world to hear what they have to say about Alien, it's flawed. If you have a great concept for your podcast, trying to scare a scaredy-cat, for example, stick to your guns and keep your scaredy-cat front and centre. This starts with that conceit, but soon becomes three guys and a girl talking about a movie podcast. Pretty well executed and with clever use of clips and stuff, but still a generic movie podcast, rather than it being lifted by a more creative structure around it. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed for Pod Roast. This week with the Gemma Collins podcast from Listen for BBC Sounds and Scaredy Cats from Gimlet Media. I listen to these so you don't have to.
welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.